Nobody wants to save the American penis. Uh, not appropriate.
always wonder what he was about to say before the song ends. It just ends right there before he says anything. Anyway, everybody, welcome to The Plex. We do this show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Also simulcasting to other places, but fucking who cares? Uh, I do appreciate, I guess, people watching in the other places, but uh, Twitch is our home. If you would like to support this project, go to echoplexmedia.com and click that support tab. There are ways to do monthly donations. And there are uh, ways to support us in other ways, in other ways. Oh, somebody in chat just said it was going to be suck my toe. Anyway, I'm producer Dave, homo alone tonight. I'm my favorite co-host, my own favorite co-host. And uh, you can find me on Grinder. This is what the people want. I don't hate the cops. And there's a person inside when the truncheon stops. Oh, don't hate the cops. Oh, when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops. They're a sensitive bunch. If you don't stop throwing your rocks, snap, crackle, pop. It's the sound of a taser. Your body drops. Don't hate the cops. Oh, don't hate the cops. Don't hate the cops. Oh, don't hate the cops. Like your local police. Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like the local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops Christmas rages on, um, and the national Christmas tree has fallen.
I'll get you back to that breaking news that we've been following near the White House. The National Park Service, okay, they told us just within the last 15 minutes that a big gust of wind knocked over the National Christmas tree. It's all set for a big tree lighting ceremony on Thursday. Ardelia Gonsalves just arrived on the scene. So, Delia, we know that the National Park Service is assessing the damage. What can you see from your vantage point? Unfortunately, we can't see a whole lot. We did circle around the ellipse um, for some time, but we can see this massive crane that they brought in, and that crane is working very carefully to try to upright that Christmas tree that fell. We're told the Christmas tree fell just around 2 o'clock this afternoon. It was a completely decorated tree. I'm told the contractor is willing to come back and redecorate, but they're not even certain if this tree is, is salvageable at this point. As you can imagine, and you saw me all bundled up, the wind is biting today. Very strong gusts here in downtown D.C. So that tree falling over at 2 o'clock this afternoon hasn't been lifted just yet, so it's unclear what the condition of that tree will be. However, we're told the show will go on like you. I want like video of the tree falling and like remember that Hindenburg where somebody was like the humanity. I want that. That's the clip I want. And I couldn't find any um, uh, video of the tree itself falling. So, uh, so far we are, um, our side is winning in the war on Christmas and we got one more war on Christmas story this week. I imagine over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have more and more of the war on Christmas because um, the war on Thanksgiving was a pretty hot war this year. This is uh, more reaction to the uh, satanic uh, temple putting a Christmas tree in a fucking train museum. And what we're actually talking about, this Wisconsin Railroad Museum puts on this display of holiday trees every year. There were 66 different displays, the majority being nonprofits, private businesses. Only six were actually Christian related. And the reality is holiday trees aren't necessarily equate with you know, the Christian holiday of Christmas. In fact, they go back to like 15th century Germany and it was a celebration of the Garden of Eden. So I certainly don't think that Christians should be offended by some of these non-Christian trees, just like I don't believe non-Christians should be offended by Christmas trees at all. What I found concerning when I really looked into this was that satanic nonprofit is part of a bigger federal um, federal group. And on their website, so they can, they're petitioning for access to abortion. And what they say is to, quote, continue performing voluntary abortions as part of its religious rituals. And to me, that is a huge ordeal. And so when we're talking about the spirit of the holidays <laughs> and families coming together, and especially something, a railroad museum, where you're going to have children, right. these are certainly nothing that children should be exposed to. And so we cannot take <laughs> a family-friendly event and put things in front of them that could be harmful for them. <laughs> she was like, actually, I'm not really too annoyed by the tree, except they're pro-abortion. And I mean, children, imagine if those children would have been aborted. You wouldn't even be able to take them to the fucking train museum. Anybody think of that, liberals? You ever think of that? So that's our war on cover Christmas coverage for this week. I know it's been a little bit thin, but we've got, I think, four. Is that right? You know, three more, three more Sundays before Christmas. So hopefully, hopefully things will heat up and we'll have um, more people saying dumb shit about, about. Uh, a holiday that everybody should just enjoy because it has been completely uh, secularized. Up next, we got a, uh, well, 
It appears Hunter Biden has agreed to testify in Congress, wants to testify publicly. Um, and apparently uh, he Hunter had an experience with a reporter that somebody over here on Real America's Voice uh, thought went bad. So uh, I guess they're all for it. I don't know. Needs to answer these questions. Now, the last time I heard Hunter Biden with a reporter years ago, he didn't do so well. So we'll see how he does. I think he's right. They're going to try to divert and uh, deny, deny, deny. But I don't think he. I don't think it's going to work. And I think it'll actually work to his detriment while the public will get to see the real Hunter Biden. You know, I don't know. I mean, if if you agree to testify like in a public hearing, you're pretty confident generally that you'll do okay. I actually haven't seen too much media of Hunter Biden, but, uh, you know, he gets along pretty well with sex workers and his Coke dealer. So I figure he'd probably do okay with, uh, with these, uh, old people in Congress. Here's a rep, rep Comer, representative Comer, uh, doesn't want the hearing to be public. Here's two, here's two hits on him talking about why the hearing shouldn't be public. Uh, but, you, you know, as these congressional investigation, these hearings go, uh, you've got uh, 20 members on each side that have five minutes each. We have tens of thousands of pages of documents where we need to sit down and ask specific substantive questions without filibustering, without interruptions, without going five minutes back and forth with with Jamie Raskins and Dan Goldman and, and uh, little Moskowitz jumping up and down, uh, fire, uh, filing motions and trying to disrupt the committee hearings this so he doesn't want to hear it he wants i don't even know what he, does he want the does he want a fucking inquisition nobody ever expects the spanish spanish inquisition and then the spanish inquisition happens and surprise yeah do it all in public this is congressional well it's not even really congressional business right if the guy committed crimes it's a um, it's a matter for law enforcement and um he's not really a public official so yeah i don't know here's more of a uh, rep comer uh, talking about that i think it's on the same interview hopefully it's not just the same clip i occasionally do that and this is a live show so we'll see you have a deposition the committee votes to release the transcripts after the january 6th committee the depositions were filmed so this deposition will be filmed this will be testifying in public but not in a chaotic scene where the Democrats who have already demonstrated they can't uh, conduct themselves in a mature, credible manner during the hearing. So we... Yeah, this is just, he just doesn't want anybody fucking else. He doesn't want to like hear, he wants like a transcript of, of a deposition released. He doesn't really want a public hearing. And that's like not, I mean, I don't care. You can depose the guy, I suppose. But I mean, I want the public hearing. I want the public hearing. I, I want Marjorie the Gathering there uh, telling everybody about this guy's dong. I want I want the whole public hearing. Let's fucking party. Here's a Sean Hannity's response to the uh, offer of Hunter Biden to testify publicly. Now tonight, the president's 53-year-old son is attempting to dodge what is a House subpoena. Now, Hunter's lawyers say that their client is willing to only appear for a public hearing before the House of Representatives, not a closed-door deposition as the law requires. Now, if you or I... Wait, is that what's going on? Is he refusing to be deposed or is... <sighs> 
I don't know. I, I say do it publicly. Fuck it. Like he's offering to do it publicly. If you have the goods on this guy, why not show it to the American people? But I don't think they have the goods on this guy. Anyway, here is uh, this is, uh representative Lisa Lisa McLean, which is different than a uh, McCain on the Maria Bartiromo show. And Maria Bartiromo seems to be accidentally asking a pretty difficult or good question, a tough question, we would say here. And uh, this, this person can't really answer it. The witness testimony, of course, all indicating or suggesting that there could be some serious crime here, like bribery or money laundering. Have you been able to identify any actual policy changes that Joe Biden made as a result of getting money from China? The short answer is no. That's what we're trying to get to right now. That's why Jamie Comer, or Chairman Comer, is requesting those documents that the FBI knew he had had um, those classified documents for 18 months and sat on those. What were in those documents? Uh, the, the, the FBI has those documents. Never mind. But like, we don't actually have shit. Um, but that's why we want to do more hearings on it because we don't have shit and we want to just be like, well, look at the hearings. It's like, um, like if anybody's email ever gets hacked these days, right? It doesn't matter what's in the email. People are like, oh, the emails, the emails, the emails. And you're like, well, what was in the email? And they're like, look, the emails, this is going to be like this again. They're like the documents, the documents. I personally think if you leave the fucking presidency and you take classified shit with you, you should be treated the same way that I would be treated if I had a bunch of classified documents in my garage. Um, but that's not how this plays out. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell these people up next. We got more, uh, a little bit more fighting over here on the house floor. You, sir, are a crook. I know I should direct my comments to the chair. I yield back. My colleague wants to come up here. Call me a crook. Same colleague who's accused of being a woman beater. Are we, are we really going to ignore the facts that we all have passed and we all have the media coming out? We're all scumbags. I can go and read about all my colleagues. I'm not going to stand here to smear them. I'm not going to stand here and use the time I have to say ill things about my colleagues. I refuse to stoop to that level. You just did it. I refuse to do the thing that I just did. And um, I, if your defense is we are all scumbags, that's pretty shitty, actually. I don't think that's really the, the fucking slam dunk this guy thinks it is. Oh, like uh, during the before the show started, uh, people who were on the live kind of hanging out before the show. Uh, there's a line in a Ruffy's song called it's like, we're all shitty people. I'm the shittiest person in this room. And I mean, that's great for a punk rock song, but it isn't really a defense against like anything. It doesn't it doesn't make you look good. And uh, up next, we got a. Uh, this is from a, a hearing in the Senate. Um, this is uh, they're talking about crime, I suppose. Well, they are talking about crime, and they're talking about um, the crime rate in Chicago. And it's Dr. Megan Ranny, uh, the Yale School of Public Health, has uh, some information uh, that that is inconvenient for the people talking about uh, crime in Chicago. Let me ask you this. Why do you think that Chicago has become America's largest outdoor shooting range? 
Do you think it's because of Chicago citizens uh, who have no criminal record, but, but who have a, a awfully a gun in their home for protection or perhaps for hunting? Or do you think it's because of a finite group of criminals who have rap sheets as long as King Kong's arm? So, I thought he was going to say something else for a second there. So Mississippi, Louisiana, and Missouri actually have higher firearm death rates. Um, obviously, there's certain... What about Chicago? So I don't live in Chicago. It's not my primary area of research. You don't have an opinion on that? I think there's easy access to firearms compared with, combined with environmental conditions, uh, lack of great education. There have actually been studies showing that when you green vacant lots and repair abandoned buildings in urban neighborhoods, you see decreases in gunshots, in violence, as well as in stress and depression in the neighborhoods around them. No disrespect, Doc, but that... Sounds a lot like word salad to me. <laughs> she was like, oh, actually, did you know that if you if you improve people's material conditions, our research shows that uh, gun violence uh, tends to go down. And he goes, word salad, word salad, word salad, ma'am. <laughs> These people are running our country, everybody. My fucking God. We should put that fucking that that the professor. I think she's a professor. That, that, that we should put her in charge of some shit. She seems to know what she's talking about. Here's uh here's North Carolina's lieutenant governor. Um, this is Mark Robinson, and um, he seems great. Fucking just fantastic guy. And uh, as always, shout out to Right Wing Watch. Could not do this show without Right Wing Watch. Michael Bloomberg came in and put $10 million into my race to defeat me. $10 million, and I barely have a million dollars of my own. He knew all he had to do was throw his money at me and it would defeat me. But what Michael Bloomberg did not realize, Michael Bloomberg was not fighting me. He was not fighting me because God does not choose his people like you. <laughs> So to make the proof themselves great, God chooses his people to prove his greatness. And there's only one reason why I won that race. And it was the power of God. Um, I think it's probably because you got the most votes. Nothing else. No, I think the guy uh, probably won his race because he got the most votes. I think that's it's not really... I know these people don't really believe in getting the most votes. <laughs> I don't think they, I, don't, I know they understand that. I think he must understand that's how you win an election, but I don't think they really think that that should be the reason you win an election. But I don't know if I was a God, I certainly wouldn't be worried about like the, like a, a down ballot race in any given state. I'd be like worried about like, I don't know, like do I have beef with other gods? Do I owe another God money that I can't pay back? I mean, I would, I would be worried about myself if I was a God. So be, be glad that I am not a God. So I thought about for red light, watching this entire debate, um, between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. And then I decided that we're not going to do that during red light. I may change my mind later. As we know, I do have grab a couple cocktails and maybe we make not the best content decisions during red light, but as of now, we're just going to watch a couple clips here. 
This is hosted by Fox News, and um, all indications are that uh, uh, the scumbag from California uh, outperformed the scumbag from Florida. By the way, do you see this that risk, the, Governor Newsom? Hold on, hold Governor, on. I mean, do, you see, do you see the risk? Joe Biden put out not only a comprehensive plan, he consistently puts up plans. I hold understand. on, no, but Sean, is there, let, is no, there no, a let, risk? I'm going, to answer, I'm going to answer your question. I, I support border security. I think the asylum system is broken. I believe that we need... I understand that. I, I'm, the one that, I'm the only guy here that's a border state governor. You're trolling folks and trying to find migrants to play political games to try to get some news and attention so you can out-Trump Trump. And by the way, how's that going for you, Ron? You're oh, shit. ...points in your own home state. On the issue of immigration, Joe Biden put... Okay, so listen, you know... Kind of fuck Gavin Newsom, but on the flip side, he's the only Democrat we see anywhere who's willing to just fucking fucking stick it right to somebody. He was just like, hey, how's your presidential race going? (laughs) And like, yeah, Gavin Newsom's not the best, uh, the best guy. My politics are to his left. He's a corporate Democrat, Um, but he uh, knows how to win. And uh, I think we're going to see him run and win in 28. Um, and he's going to be the president of the United States. Um, and as with any president, we'll take a look and see who he puts in his cabinet. That's going to tell you what his priorities are as the president. But it is really, really neat to to just see, like, anytime he basically debates anybody or talks to anybody that doesn't agree with him or tries to get him, it doesn't work. He's slick. And uh, here's more. This is poor, poor Ron. Poor Ron. You've been on a banning bench. 1,406 books have been banned just last year under Ron DeSantis' leadership. I love that he keeps pulling this out. I've seen this. He's been doing this all over the campaign trail. What's wrong with Tony Morrison's books? It's not banned. What's wrong? It's not true. It's not. What's wrong with Amanda Gorman's? It's not banned. And the poetry. 1,406. False narratives. 1,406 books have been banned on your banning binge in the state of Florida. As it relates to parental rights, come on. California, it's in our constitution, parental engagement. It's called the LCFF process. We actually require parental engagement on curriculum development. And we don't. Complete lie. We don't don't require K through third grade sexual education. That doesn't happen until middle school. What you're doing is using education as a sword for your cultural purge. And you know what? With all due respect, you know, I remember in the 1970s, the 1970s, we had a bill called the Briggs Initiative. And there was a guy by the name of Ronald Reagan, so offended by the Briggs Initiative, which was the original don't say gay bill. In that case, it was not allowing teachers that happened to be gay to teach. And Reagan had the courage to stand up and he said, you can't catch gay like you can measles. I don't like the way you demean people. I don't like the way you demean the LGBTQ community. I don't like the way you demean and humiliate people you disagree with, Ron. I really find this fundamentally offensive. And this is a core value that distinguishes the values of my state and frankly, the vast majority of Americans against the weaponization of education and the purging that he's I have a follow-up question. (laughs) He's like, I don't like the way you demean and disrespect people as he like sits there and demeans and disrespects uh, Ron DeSantis. Like I said, man, I'm not, I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big fan of this guy, but this guy can win elections and this guy is like, he's pretty sharp. And when he talks to people who disagree with him, he, he doesn't like back down or, Act like it's wrong to like, like just stick it to your opponent. And here's one more clip of this. 
off the streets. We've also invested in unprecedented resources in reforming our behavioral health system. Ron has literally the worst mental health system in America, forgive me, outside of, of Mississippi and Texas. And so with all due respect to being lectured on some of these topics, Ron DeSantis is not the one right. I'm going to be listening 30 to. 30-second response. Mean, You're, uh, so, well, I'm looking at total time. Governor DeSantis yeah, look, about this, two this, minutes. This, this, he is, needs it. this is a map of San Francisco. <laughs> You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see <laughs> He brought out the poop map. <laughs> yeah, people do shit in front of the artisan cupcake shop in San Francisco. I don't know what to tell you. It's um it's not great. I'm not I'm not a big fan of poop on the ground, but you know, maybe maybe one day we'll fix it, maybe we won't. Who knows? I think we've talked about it a lot on down ballot, actually. Uh, public bathrooms would solve that problem. Just put up some public bathrooms to solve the problem. Anyway, up next, we got, a, we got a clip, somebody talking about the former president. Um, he's not just the former president. He is a fucking superhero. Trump is no longer a man. He's a superhero to a vast swath of America. How did Trump go from supposedly, the media tells you, unpopular, washed up, and the GOP's past, not their future, how did he go from that to superhero, Superman, Batman, Elvis, and the Beatles rolled into one while under nonstop criminal indictments? People now understand, Trump is our last stand. The evil cabal in power wants Trump dead. The cabal, that's a shout out to the Q people. Qualified or in prison for life. They're clearly scared to death that Trump is the only thing standing in the way. Oh, you gotta be fucking kidding me with this. This image right here is so cursed. People listening on the podcast, it's worth like checking out the video version of this show. They got this, I don't, it's supposed to be Elvis, but then I don't know whose hair that they put on Trump. It ain't Elvis's hair. They're evil plans. If the communists, globalists, D.C. swamp creatures, and deep state traitors succeed in taking Trump down, we are all next. You and me. More and more. No, 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 no. We're not. If, they, if, if, uh, this, if this man goes to, to prison or is just not reelected because of his behavior, uh, none of that is going to happen to us next. None of us are running for office. And um, that, yeah, that's, that's it. Up next, we got a uh, Laura Trump, fucking hella smart, hell of observant. I am absolutely stunned by this. Uh, the left cannot fucking possibly compete with the. Uh... Well, with this. This is the United States of America. We speak English here, but you go anywhere in this country, Eric, and you'll find everything in English. You'll also find it in Spanish. Um, but I think you're right. Look, at the very least, we need to... You'll also find it in Spanish. We speak English here, uh, also Spanish. People actually speak all kind of different languages here. This is a, one of the great things about America. I don't like most, you know, I'm not a big patriot, but I do think not having an official language for the country is a fucking fantastic. I think it's, I think it's, a great thing it's an inclusive thing other people want to make english the official language of the united states i do not like that i think that's one of the things this country gets right so up next we got uh you ever called into work or you ever called in uh sick for a place you don't work at this is 
This is fantastic. Hi, uh, this is Jordan calling. I just started there last week and um, it's like really nice and stuff and some of the boys are going out fishing tomorrow so I'm not going to be able to make it in for my shift. I was just wondering if I could take like a sick day or something. I'm sorry. First of all, your your first name was? Jordan. Jordan? Yeah. And you had just started last week? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to tell you right now it's going to be an unapproved absence. Um, you're too new, I believe, for a sick day. Um, and... Well, I'm not actually. I'm not actually sick. I just need a day off to go fishing because it's so. <laughs> I love this guy, our king. I don't want to give up the job because it's good bread for me, right? Uh, I and I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's not a good legitimate reason to miss your shift from work. So it's going to be unapproved. And just so that you're aware, as far as our uh, policy goes, that that's probably a discipline. Well, what what would be a good excuse? <laughs> Could you just write something down for me? No, I can't. I'm an assistant manager, and I could be the one that has to hold you accountable for it. So oh, no. you're a manager. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, not a good person to ask for an excuse. Okay. Sorry, and where do you work in the store? Electronics. Electronics. Oh, so you're my associate at that. I'm Sylvia, and I'm your SWAT leader. Okay. So I am the manager in charge of you. So I can tell you, it is definitely unapproved if you do not show up for your shift. So I can't go fishing? No, you can't go fishing. It's just so nice out. Yeah, that's one of the responsibilities Are you sure of you a can't, job. You can't, you can't do me one? Just this no, week. I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> and, and, and just, I mean, it, it doesn't it, look very good for you. It probably won't be busy, though. Uh, Jordan? Yeah. You're not looking very good to me right now. Can you not at all. Well, I look good. I just don't sound good. <laughs> Can, am, are we FaceTiming? Can first, you see it's me? It's not a very good first impression. Oh, I've met you before. You don't... I didn't know you were manager. You don't remember me? No, I, I might have met you at the interview process, but I mean, uh, we do a lot of them, so uh, I, I don't remember every face. No. Um... So uh, I'm going to tell you at this point, if you don't show up for your shift, it is an automatic unapproved, which will be a first level written discipline. How many, and within your first 90 days, that is definitely not a good thing. How many of those do I get? It's, it's not, you're, not, you're missing the point of what I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Okay, so you need to be here for your shift. <sighs> okay. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> that's fucking that listen first of all don't do that stuff don't don't record people without their permission there are a lot of places where uh, it's two-party consent and it's also just shady but it's it's kind of funny that lady has no idea who the fuck works for her she doesn't know who this guy is <laughs> i was waiting for the payoff though like i don't watch the clips before we do this podcast um I was waiting for the payoff for him to go, well, it's a good thing I don't work there anyway. I'm going fishing. I'm like, but he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Why didn't he do it? Why didn't we get the fucking payoff? Anyway, up next we got, uh, this is the worst first date ever. This one's funny. Uh, these are our, uh, this is in our palate cleanser uh, segment of the show. Um, <laughs> imagine, imagine this being your first date. Yeah, it's nice to meet you too. Do you want to grab some drinks? 
I had been drinking my own urine since 2005. I heard it was a health thing. I snort it, I age it, and it's amazing to sunbathe with it. This is what I've done for the last two decades. You gotta get the channels open. So the poop chute, most important channel. And there's a nerve or a valve that goes from the liver to the colon. Right. And uh, it gets stimulated when you put coffee up there. Charge the butthole, I get naked sun, I get as much sun as possible. And we have a toroidal electrical field coming out of us. Sure. My friend sends me this video of him naked getting out of the shower and he starts slapping his balls. And so I tried it and I was like, holy shit, it's like getting kicked in the balls. You're supposed to knead your balls. You don't have to slap them. You can also roll them this way. You can get into your groin and lo and behold, this type of activity increases semen production and testosterone. <laughs> so i'm not familiar with that guy it seems like some of the people in chat are familiar with that guy <clears throat> if anybody can uh, drop a video of him not from the joe rogan show because joe rogan be quite um litigious but if we can get a video of him from some other place i'd be happy to take a look at it during red light that's right up our alley uh up next we got um this is a very high quality cat video uh, this is my favorite cat video of the week, actually. And I do like to consume a lot of cat videos in my spare time, because as you know, what we do here on the podcast and on our live streams is fucking terrifying. So uh, cat videos are um, how I unwind. Check this out. And for the people listening on the audio-only podcast, like on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, again, this is another one of those where you might want to check out the video, or you can check out the show notes. It has the links to everything we covered. Kitty is amazing. It looks like a dentist office or like maybe a hair salon or something. And the cat is just, cat's just vacuuming or fucking cleaning the floor. I don't know what they're doing, but it, it, it looks like a lot of fun for that kitty. I do admire that kitty. Um, good, good kitty. Tell, I guess whoever owns that kitty, tell your kitty. I said, pss, 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 because I love your kitty. We got one more palate cleanser. Usually I only do one palate cleanser, but this week, honestly, a lot of funny shit happened and a lot of funny people put a lot of funny shit in the discord. And so here, we like to make fun of cooking shows. Uh, sometimes, me and the media wench, mostly uh, behind the scenes, we like to make fun of people's cooking shows. Uh, but this actually, this is a cooking show I would watch the shit out of. Check this. Tonight, we are having taco tater tot casserole. This is it. In a massive skillet, you are going to place a pound of ground beef. Mine is in a bag. Brown up your beef. Chop it up aggressively. My ground beef is quite lean, so I am not draining it. I don't know, I must have bought very lean meat this time. But I will add a metric ton of garlic. Two metric tons. And to those of you who look at this and say, that's so much garlic, yes and no. Minced garlic in the jar is much, much milder. Add in some onion powder, and don't be like me, don't ever season over a hot pan. It will cause you to get some condensation inside of your jar from the moisture and it will give your spices a clumping effect. Oh. Be better than me. 
Into our ground beef, you're going to add the equivalent of one packet of taco seasoning. I eyeball this. Looks good. A cup of salsa. Half of a small jar. I'm going to add a half a cup of water. That's for your taco seasoning. Add in one can of black beans, drained and rinsed. I have decided it needs the rest of the jar of salsa. <laughs> I'm going to add in a bag of corn. It's frozen. It's fine. To this, I am going to add a good handful of cheese, probably a cup. That much. I am now going to top this mixture with a bag of tater tots. Frozen. It's important that they're arranged into a design. Don't just dump them on. That is chaotic and crazy. It takes an <laughs> entire bag of tater tots to do this. A two pound bag. Pop this into a 350 degree oven until the top is a little bit crispy and a little bit brown. Then we are going to add cheese to the top. It's been about 20 minutes. Top my casserole with some cheese. Why? Because I live in the Midwest. Looks great. Let's pop it back in the oven until the cheese is golden brown and bubbly. Here it is. This is dinner. This is one of the only ways that my husband will eat tater tots, which I realize is a weird problem to have, but let's try it because I know what you're thinking. Is it even good? Let's try it. I'm hungry. Of course it's good. I made it. This is delicious. Make this. Follow along for more grocery tutorials. <laughs> Oh man, she could have, uh, the only thing I was hoping there as I was watching, I hope, I think you were probably hoping for it too. <clears throat> when she took a bite, she should have said, it's fine. <laughs> but who am I? Who am I to tell her how to do her TikTok videos? She's living her best life out there. Now back to the news. Here's uh, Marjorie the Gathering. She, uh, I guess is reading a review of what we can loosely call the book she wrote. And uh, she may not, she's not too, too pleased with the review. <clears throat> I don't think of the book that she um, ostensibly wrote. We'll continue on. Um, he, he says, likewise, despite centuries of exclusion and robust evidence of continuing racism, minority underemployment is often couched in the language of bad choices and personal responsibility. I got to tell you, anybody's unemployment has to do with bad choices and personal responsibility. And again, that does not have a skin color. I know a ton of white people that are as lazy and sorry and and probably worse than black people I know. Whoa. I would not hire them because they're lazy and they're sorry and they're pathetic. And that has everything to do with their bad choices and their personal responsibility. That is not a skin color issue either. That's a people issue. She's like, I know some white people that are just as lazy as the blacks. All right, Marge, what the fuck ever. People are like, people are like, why, why does everyone think I'm racist? And then immediately they just say something racist. It's like, well, you've just explained it actually in her case. Here's an Ohio uh, state representative, uh, Bill Dean. He was the only one to vote against repealing or eliminating a, a law that uh, basically says that there is no spousal rape. That's one of those laws. And like a lot of states have gotten rid of these laws, right? Where 
essentially, if somebody is your your husband or wife, uh, you you can't rape them because I don't, because reasons. Well, not only did he vote no, he's gonna uh, tell us about it, which seems like a really uh, dumb fucking thing to tell us about why you voted no on something like this. Rep D, we gotta talk, brother. What's happening? I mean, what the hell was that vote back there? What's that? The, sp the spousal rape bill. That's a great vote. What? That's a great Some, vote. How somebody had to vote no. No, not. Wait, somebody, somebody had to vote no? What do you mean somebody had to vote no? No on spousal exceptions to rape. Because I mean, I'm not gonna lie, brother. We got. I, do you have a wife? I mean, we're gonna have to like. I mean, we're gonna need. We're gonna need. Like, I, if I'm the Xenia PD right now, I'm opening up a case on you, brother. <laughs> I, I, I mean, in what in what world is is the spousal exception to rape like not? How how like how? I, I, I need a better answer than that, brother, to get me off your back. I mean, not that I'm ever going to see it your way, but... <laughs> I don't I care mean, if you're on my back or not. I mean, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's in like... I mean, listen, that law is outdated. There's 99 members, and you were the only one to vote no. And the best you can offer is that somebody had to vote no over, like, to be the one brace... Of, you, you're, you're now the voice for spousal rape, brother. You're now the voice for spousal rape. My God. I mean, I would think your voters would care. I think your wife would care. Uh, you know. Well, why don't you ask them? <laughs> I mean, I will. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're up here calling people perverts. No, actually, it's probably a bad idea to go ask this guy's wife about that. Now you'd just be harassing this guy's wife. You're like me. <laughs> you know. Are you a pervert? I mean, it takes one to know one, brother. I'm a high-class pervert now. But I mean. Come on, man. We got like that's crazy. Why would you I, just shut up? I mean, I, I figured, I figured you'd have a better answer for that, though. I mean, I'll shut up when you know. Now, now we gotta go outside because you're coming. I don't have to have an answer for you. Well, would you like to give one to your voters? I mean, it looks kind of bad, brother. Rep sites. Wait, he rep he's from he represents Cincinnati? He like represents the city. Congratulations on getting the the spousal bill out of there. What's this pervert's deal? Why did why didn't he vote to end it? Wait, wait, he represents the the city. Not like <clears throat> I assumed like he was gonna be representing like some rural or maybe like suburban or possibly exurban uh district in Ohio, but he just represents uh Cincinnati. I'm not <laughs> I mean, hey, oh, chat tells me I have it wrong. He does not represent Cincinnati. Gotcha. Thank you. You know, I'm sad. Okay, well there we go. I mean, I mean, Xenia PD, brother. They're gonna. They're <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is your wife? We need a welfare check on your wife. You know. Uh, don't bring my wife. I actually think the guy recording this video already made his point, and he's now just kind of following this guy around. Like, I don't think you should be doing this anymore. He already made his point. He, I think he's undermining his point now by continuing to follow this guy. I wouldn't guy. if you would have voted to end spousal rape. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not. You're the one that brought her into it. 
I mean, you have the legal right to go home and rape her. You would still have, in your world, you would have the legal right to go home and rape her. Yeah, this right here, this this is unnecessary. Do you think, do you think it's possible for uh, a husband to rape his wife? Do you think that happens? Is that a crime? Well, if he is separated from her, or is he, if he's divorced. But not if they're living together. He, uh, a husband can't rape her. No. Well, I guess there you have it, folks. Appreciate you, brother. Sure. That clip would have been so much better if he, if the whole thing would have just been the first 15 seconds where he goes, hey, uh, why, why'd you vote against this? And he said, oh, well, somebody had to. He'd have been like, all right, well, fuck you. And that would have been, that would have been like the best uh, 15 seconds in the news this week with the guy. He had to keep following him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't do that job. So I don't, I don't know maybe, maybe why one would continue to follow this guy. Anyway, here's a Christian nationalist pastor, uh, Dusty Deves. He's running for a seat in the Oklahoma Senate. Anybody watches up our public comment show late on Tuesdays, you'll know that we have uh, watched some of the Oklahoma Board of Education uh, meetings, and those are pretty spicy. Let's see, let's see what Dusty Deavers has to say about his run for Oklahoma State Senate. And again, shout out to Right Wing Watch. We could not do this fucking show without Right Wing Watch. The biggest difference is going to be applying the word of God to every issue that comes up. Mm. We have a constitution that is, by God's grace, it's upholding the word of God predominantly. So we don't have to have them in competition with each other. So as a as a candidate, the biggest thing that I can bring to the table is we are going to have uh, legislation and we're going to have argumentation from the floor that's based on God's word. And we're bringing a consciousness uh, to or a conscience, a moral conscience. I will speak directly as as Second uh, uh, Corinthians 4 says, make open statements of the truth to the conscience. That will have such a powerful effect on the votes that are being cast. No, it won't. But people are going to vote with you anyway, because it is fucking Oklahoma on uh, the the kinds of bills that are being passed. So th- that is a major issue. And I can't even, we can't even quantify what effect that's going to have right now because we don't know how God will use that. But as, as we kind of go down from there, we want to see morality brought back into government. I want to see uh, pornography abolished. <laughs> oh, okay. Now, now them's fighting words, right? See no fault divorce come back to at fault in divorce uh and so when he says at fault a lot of people may not know what this means but at fault if there's no it, a no a no fault divorce means that either party can just file for divorce if they feel like it which is i think reasonable uh <clears throat> if you have an at fault divorce that generally means that the the courts have to let you divorce the other person because you've proven that you have a good enough reason and this is usually uh <clears throat> this is usually this has been proposed because they don't want women leaving their husbands essentially even public shaming for those who are at fault in divorce i want to see uh, abortion abolished uh, these are the kinds of morality and government issues that we need to get back to when you think of 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 a of a government practicing righteousness then we have to ask by what standard and the standard is the god who created everything and who uh, will not be thwarted in all of his plans and if we recognize that christ has been seated 
after after his resurrection was seated at the right hand of the Father, high above every rule and every authority and every name that is named, and he is now, as Revelation 1 says, the governor, the ruler of all the kings of the earth, then yes, we can rep- recognize that a there is a difference between the civil government and the church, but under that, Christ is ruling, and he is king over all. So, our, we, it's a presuppositional approach to uh, government and and the church. And a presuppositional approach, you say, that means you presuppose something. I mean, that's a dumb way to make any decisions. The presupposition is Christ is Lord. Like that's you're supposed to. You're applying for a job in a deliberative body. The deliberation is the opposite of presupposition. Um, you should absolutely not. I mean, you could have your, you're going to have your priors or whatever, right? When you go to work for the Senate or whatever it is, you're going to have your beliefs and you're going to maybe vote in line with them. But just saying that the whole thing is going to be based on a presupposition that the the religion should rule the country. That's sort of like, just means that why not, why even have like a, like a state government? Why not just have a state church? Oh shit. I should stop giving these fuckers ideas. Good thing. My show isn't that popular. Up next, we got the Steve D show. This is on Glenn Batwork, Black Beck's network, and this uh this is sure fucking something here. And so we're in this feedback loop, Todd, where we are constantly under pressure to produce results that sell, but the re- results that we're produ- that we're called to that, that that sell the most are the ones that have the least likely op- opportunity to produce success on election day. And so here we are. No, and you're to blame on that end when you're more consumer. Than- this guy sounds like somebody else that we make fun of. Does this, guy, does this guy's voice remind you of anybody? And you are citizen. We're to blame on this end when we're more grifter than we are citizen. So why aren't, isn't it more clear that we're citizens? And what does that mean? At the very least, it means we have multiple principles that we bottom line ahead of merely making money. Well, why don't we do that? Well, because it, we love comfort is one of them. And that's because really this is the more I think about just that. And I look back and I connect the dots, the Republican party really in my and Steve's it's really been the comfort party. That just becomes more clear. To I me just want to be left alone. Yeah. It's just make the trains run yeah. on time. Yeah. Whoa, make the trains, Yo, dude, people. That's amazing. But also, how do we get to this? Because this and this has everything to do with uh, what Steve's uh, monologue was uh, yesterday. I, I've heard this from the church, broadly speaking. I know, and I know I, I'll give you my Catholic version of that. But I know Steve and Aaron have examples on the other. Like I, I've been there. In, I've, and I've said all this before. I've been there in a church uh, governance meeting where seven, literally men in their 70s, the ones who are supposed to be the wise ones, the sages, tell me, well, son, you have to understand the church is also a business. No, it's not. Depends which church, friend. I've heard uh, multiple uh, opportunities go right by the wayside to take the scripture and the news and to bring them together on issues of great import, but yes, controversial. And, and you'll get fleeting uh, conversation about it. 
hardly go on. But when it comes time to talk about the church budget, that's the longest homily you'll hear all day long and about how we need to work on our tithing. See, I, this, the fish rots from the head, Steve has told you, and Mm -hmm. I don't think he said that for a while, but the, the head of this nation has always been supposed to be a moral and religious people and no other. We can't really, we can't. And this guy's all over the place. Everybody is just, by definition, we are a nation of grifters now on all sides, all sides. It me, I'm a grifter. You really aren't really to sac, aren't willing to sacrifice and yeah i get it it made sense five years ago but right now my goodness the democrats are running on uh jabbing you with poison transing your kids and kill the jews whoa no platform and we still can't bankrupt america yeah and and don't sell them short todd Lie to your and face. they're winning and they're winning. Yes, that's my point. And they're winning, and we don't have a better closed hand set of principles. We're as guilty as anybody else, more than ever. Steve Deese, invite me on your show with this other guy. I would have a lot of fun talking to you. You would get very, very angry at me very, very quickly. These people are idiots. That one guy sounds like a dumber version of Jordan Peterson. Um, Probably higher than Jordan Peterson, too, if we're going to be completely honest here. Up next, we got a uh, Pennsylvania state rep, Stephanie is Borowitz, claims that uh, 65% of the founding documents came from the Bible, which is a little, little strange. I wonder where she, like, where did she come up with that number? Why is it 65%? Why not two-thirds? That would just be another percent, uh, 1.666666. Oh, that's why. That's why not, not two-thirds. There's a six-six-six in a two-thirds. Can't have that. You can legislate morality. You can't legislate a religion, but everything is um, morals. So do not well kill. Said. Do not well kill. said. Yeah, all of them come through morality, which we took. I believe the founders, it was like 65% was coming from God's word of, of all of the founding documents and everything. So overwhelmingly the most from Jesus's words in the Bible. Well, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they saw fit to listen. Those people were fucked up. Those people had a lot of fucked up ideas. Uh, a lot, lot of fucked up shit going on in uh, 17, 1770s, but they saw fit to put first that uh congress shall establish no law or what uh create no laws respecting the establishment of a religion if if it was all based on the bible why would they put that first some of them were christians some of them weren't a lot of them were deists whatever the fuck that means it's just not these people they really like to like retcon the history to try to make all these people into priests when they were mostly just drunks honestly up next, we got the Awakened Church in San Diego. They're going to talk about um, the slave trade. And it's said that this market began the slave trade in the late 1600s, and it finished in 1775. Finished in 1775. Just in case you don't know history, there was no such thing as America until 1776 just to help 
Up until that time, we were a British colony. America wrote a declaration of independence in 1776. At the same time, at the same time, they were determining that this nation called the United States of America would not indulge or engage in the same practices as the British that sought to lord it over, that sought to enslave, that sought to create a second class citizenry. So in 1775, this was... What the fuck? 1776, the next year, the nation of America was born. It was ratified. It was ratified with the Declaration of Independence. It was ratified with a constitution that says that all men men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That guy does seem good. I do get a little bit of a, <clears throat> a little bit of a South Africa vibe off that guy. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> did you know that this is wrong and incorrect? There was in fact a slave trade after uh, 1775 and the United States was Certainly not the first country to uh, abolish it uh, from a legal standpoint. Most of Europe had abolished slavery by the time we did. But I don't think that's what he was talking about. And I guess a lot of what he's saying and your response to it, it just kind of, it depends on who you think are people. And I think that's uh, missing from a lot of analysis of, of this stuff. It's like, well, some of this makes sense when you when you think about maybe whether or not certain people are in fact people. I happen to think we're all people, but you know, it's just me. Silly woke lib up next. I put this in not red light. Cause, uh, not a slow news week, but not a lot of, uh, not a lot of stuff on my docket. I was busy covering another story. Uh, check out my YouTube. Um, busy covering a anti cult cult. Anyway, uh, here's Liz Crokin. Uh, she's real happy with Elon Musk. And uh, here, she'll tell you why. You have Elon Musk putting a laser pointer on Pizzagate. Do you think that Elon Musk would be putting a laser pointer on Pizzagate if it was just a conspiracy theory? Yes. If it was a hoax? Yes. If it was fake? Uh, yes. No, he would not be putting a laser pointer on Pizzagate if Pizzagate wasn't real. So, since Elon Musk put a huge spotlight on Pizzagate, we finally have some really big accounts, some that have over a million followers, talking about Pizzagate, acknowledging Pizzagate's real, stating that Pizzagate not only is real, it always was real, and it's still ongoing. This is a huge turning point because in seven years, over seven years, I don't think I've ever seen an account with millions of followers talk about Pizzagate. And it's slowly starting to happen. The tide is finally turned. I mean, it is bad, actually, that Elon Musk uh, tweeted about Pizzagate. But at this point, there's just no, there's no low the guy's not going to go to. The guy's like, I don't even know if he ever had the plot. He had people convinced that he did have the plot. But behavior and we were talking about him a little bit last night on the catterday show i think actually what happened to him is he was like dating grimes and he thought he was going to be popular with like hollywood like hollywood people and like kind of the new york party scene and then he went and hung around those people and he would like tell a joke and they would just look at him because he's not funny <clears throat> and uh he got real mad about that i think and that's sort of why uh 
sort of why he went down this, this, uh, we'll call it an other route because he couldn't be popular with actual celebrities because he's a fucking weirdo and uh, not funny, not interesting. And uh, thinks he's just incredibly funny, fascinating, interesting, a great orator, we shall say. And he's just none of those things. He's just a fucking rich, weird guy. And uh, that doesn't really impress people that have uh, become wealthy or uh, popular by being entertainers. So last, we have uh, Anna Perez. She's from the Stu Peters Network, and she too will be talking about Pizzagate. Uh, But don't go anywhere, everybody. We do uh, have a post game. We're going to be going into red light. And I have a feeling we'll be here pretty late tonight because I sure slept in today. Uh, Here's Anna Perez talking about Pizzagate. But before we do that, I also want to talk about another story that came out today. And that was, of course, Elon Musk tweeting about Pizzagate and then deleting it. Now, I'm not going to get into what Pizzagate is exactly. Most of you already know. But essentially, it was a this story video is eight minutes and you're not going to give us a brief overview of Pizzagate story that broke about uh, basically our government being involved in sex and, you know, child sex trafficking. Pizza was a code word for children that they were trafficking. OK, the whole according to 4chan situation, it was called conspiracy. But it turns out it's not exactly a conspiracy as most things that they call a conspiracy because we know we know how satanic our government really is okay oh it's satanism now elon musk now now pizzagate for so long has been branded conspiracy nobody has really touched it, it, it not for nothing and we usually only do this during red light but this this gal she has the same mic as me she needs to get the the, the other um, the other piece of foam for it because the piece of foam she has on it isn't isn't uh, blocking the plosives. And every time she says a word that starts with a P or a B, it like blows out the levels and it sounds really bad. About in 2016 during uh, the election, that's when the story uh, came out, but then it was quickly swept under the rug. They had a bunch of fact checkers debunk it. Fact checkers, since when do we trust those people, right? They had them debunk it. And nobody really talked about it for a while because you were considered crazy. In fact, back when I was working in corporate media at the time, anytime you know we were booking guests, I remember we almost booked uh, a guest who was connect- connected to uncovering Pizzagate. And I remember my boss saying, don't book them because they're connected to Pizzagate. And we don't want that on our radar. We don't want that, that you know, to tarnish our reputation as a reputable media organization. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Turns out Pizzagate uh, actually happened. Turns out that it's likely actually happened. You have to throw in likely, right? Because a lot of journalists have been talking about that, right? Did at the time, I should say, and had debunked the debunkers, had debunked the fact checkers, kind of like what we do, what we've been doing with COVID and everything. That was the thing. Like Then, like I said, it was- They debunked the debunkers by going, nah-uh. Talked about it. Now come 2023, Elon Musk starts bringing it up again and he tweets about it. And here's what he said. This was the tweet that was so terrible that it needed to be deleted. This was it was actually a meme. Does it uh, does seem at least a little suspicious, tweets Elon. And here's the meme. Pizzagate is real. No, it isn't. We have experts. They traffic children, but we have experts. Your expert just went to jail for child porn. It's actually kind of a really funny meme, uh, but it's not but it, it's which expert funny and haha sense. But like it is just right. Just very correct. It's spot on. Which expert? So as you can see here, guys, uh, Pretty, pretty accurate representation of what happened during Pizzagate, but then he deleted it. Then he deleted it and uh, it was gone for nobody else to see. And everybody was speculating on Twitter. People were going, you can't really delete something on Twitter. Everybody screenshot and everything who forced him to delete it. And we'll get to that in a moment. 
But before we do that, I want to talk. Oh, who about do you suppose article. forced him to delete it? That uh, Vice came out with following him tweeting that i bet he had i bet he deleted it because the comments were just picture after picture of him with Ghislaine maxwell which was exposing pizzagate take a look at this so basically vice attacked him and they wrote an article that said elon musk endorses conspiracy with memes saying pizzagate is real why did they do that well because they weren't too happy they weren't too happy that a mainstream figure like Elon Musk, who has this much power, would do such a thing. A very similar reaction to what they did to Donald Trump whenever he said something they didn't like. But here's the funny part. Not funny part, but the ironic part. Yeah, you keep saying that. At the that. same time, guys, Vice, turns out Vice is guilty of having a former contributor who is a pedophile. This was the article written by them. This pe former pedophile was named Ephraim Zeleny Mindell. Looking back at Mary Ellen's Mark's iconic photos of a prostitute named Tiny. So uh, this writer, Ephraim Zeleny Mendel, turned out to be a pedophile. So not that this is not the writer of the Elon Musk article, but it's just interesting. Uh, but it's, it's, completely, yeah, it's a completely different writer from five years ago that uh, <clears throat> alleged, or according to this woman, it was convicted of some kind of like child abuse crime. Um, she doesn't say what crime it was or anything like that. Just that this person is a, a PDF file. Would take it upon themselves to attack Elon Musk for exposing pedophilia, a, ped a pedophile issue, and they themselves are guilty of ha have, having fired pedophile. I mean, having hired pedophiles. Or maybe fired them. Doesn't that sound a bit uh, sketchy that they would be defending pedophiles and throwing somebody who hates pedophiles clearly under the rug? Somebody wants to expose pedophiles. Well, of course, because Pizzagate is real. And like, and the media's involved in it, likely Vice. Okay, <laughs> this former Vice news contributor, by the way, that I'm referring to, that was a pedophile, is a legitimate pedophile. He wrote a story for Vice about a 13 year old prostitute. I already, you know, read a little bit about it. Uh, he labeled as iconic, and he was then sentenced to 90 months in federal prison for possession of child pornography after arranging to sexually abuse a nine year old boy. Again, it is Ephraim Zeleny Mindell, who is 35 years old. Okay. This is the person. So, so Vice is totally fine with that type of person, that type of article. Type but of did did this happen subsequent to them being hired? For like, did this happen before they were hired by Vice? Because you don't know what somebody's doing, like when they're doing it, until they get caught. Of news, that type of writing about a an underage prostitute, thirteen years old, disgusting. But they'll go after Elon Musk for tweeting a meme about Pizzagate. Tell me again that Pizzagate's not real. Why would they have that kind of reaction if A, they were not somehow involved in Pizzagate and B, if they weren't trying to cover it up? And clearly they're okay with, with pedophiles if they were if they allowed this article to be published and they hired somebody like Ephraim Zeleny Mindell. Something very strange is going on here. And what that thing exactly is, is that the truth is coming out in the mainstream for so long. People were scared of bringing it to light because they were scared for their lives. They were scared for their livelihoods. I literally was canceled from corporate media over the whole segment I did on basically Jeffrey Epstein being tied to the raid on Mar-a-Lago and how Trump has dirt on all of these wealthy billionaires. Redundant, sorry. On all of these billionaires. Oh, sorry. She she had to correct herself there. She's like, I said, wealthy billionaire. Oopsie. Did with children. That's Trump doesn't. Wait, wait. What, what? He. 
no like what what did jeff jeffrey epstein was dead when mar-a-lago it wasn't raided by the way it was searched left that circle of elites and decided in part to run for president i believe that definitely countered into his decision to try to save this country to try and help save this country now you know i don't believe in the whole like oh like wait to be saved like the storm is coming type of thing no i do believe however that this government is run by satanic pedophiles and i do believe that donald trump has dirt on these people and that's why they didn't want him to run again and i talked about that and that canceled me from corporate media so i'm when i tell you well yeah you had a job at like a legitimate news source but even a conservative one i'm assuming and you went on the air and made a bunch of unsubstantiated claims probably against the advice of your editors and the other people that work there and then they fired you real it is real i know it is because i've been one of the people who have been silenced for speaking out about it now i yet here you are about it because i'm not being scared of canceled i mean have you just met me <laughs> clearly i'm not so the point is this is an issue that in just in the past year people were getting canceled over but now it's being brought to light more than ever before elon musk a lot of people like to talk about him like he's some conservative hero but he's really not i'm not even necessarily necessarily the biggest elon musk fan i think he's uh controlled opposition possibly <laughs> uh, of course was you know part of the reason why i'm questioning why he deleted this tweet. this is a conspiracy within a conspiracy now but i also think I also think that when you have somebody as mainstream as himself tweeting this out, that means something. That means that there is a hunger for the truth. There are people out there who wanted to hear this, who needed to hear it about the whole Pizzagate thing. Yes, in the form of a meme, sure, but it's something nonetheless that tells us that these stories, the fact that Natalie Portman's now talking about it, these are mainstream figures talking. But they're not about talking about the claims of Pizzagate. A problem in this country, not just in this country, but worldwide, because it's all connected. I've talked about this many times. But this is the first time that that's happened to this level, to this degree. That's a big deal. No. <clears throat> so that was dumb. Uh, Pizzagate was a dumb conspiracy theory, and uh, I'm just glad that when the guy showed up with a gun that nobody got hurt, honestly, because that was a pretty, that was a situation that could have been a lot worse, and it was like a prime example of with a problem with believing this stuff, right, is that not everyone, not the majority of people, but if there's going to be one motherfucker, if a conspiracy theory gets big enough, that's going to go take action to try to stop it. It ain't great. During QAnon, there were hella people like there were hella people that got um, abducted, like people in um, during the height of QAnon. Sorry, there were people who got busted for conspiracy to try to abduct people from orphanages because they thought the orphanages was orphanages was like doing like child trafficking or whatever. There are people who abducted, uh, helped people abduct their own kids from their spouse who had custody because they believed that their fucking spouse was in on the, the fucking. Uh, fucking tunnel children or whatever this is this is why this stuff is bad it isn't just fun to make fun of it is fun to make fun of but some of it some of it gets pretty bad and it, it it like hurts people and like ruins people's lives it ruins the lives of the believers in that they end up committing crimes that they may not have otherwise committed and then it like fucks up the victims of those crimes and then not for nothing now all these ngos that work on trafficking are like fielding phone calls from these fucking maniacs 
is people who do this thankful and oftentimes traumatizing work trying to help uh, victims of trafficking and trying to help people uh, get out to the extent that they can and try to prevent it. Now they got the now they got fucking wackos calling them about the fucking tunnels under the Getty or whatever. So it's just not great. Not great. And it keeps coming back. We do a show on Thursday night about cults and the satanic panic. The satanic panic again. You can take that all the way back to the Salem witch trials, I suppose, if you want to, because that was just another satanic panic. That probably went back before that too, but I don't know all of history. And with that, the podcast is over. Uh, thanks, podcast listeners, for checking the, the audio-only show out. Make sure you're uh, following me on your podcatcher of choice. If you want to catch the whole show, including the post game, you can follow us on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. If you don't want to follow us on Twitch, or it's like late where you're at when I do the post game or whatever, if you want the whole show, you can go to patreon.com slash echoplex and sign up. Though nobody really signs up there. The place to sign up is at eplex.store. Get the same uh, benefits as the patrons get, except over there's a bunch of cool merch like this tinfoil hat I'm wearing right now. If you sign up uh, for a membership, you get discounts on all of the merch there. Um, shout out to Fourth Wall. Everybody watching live, stay put. I just got to change the color of the lights in my room and uh, change the content of the beverage in my glass. And uh, we'll be back for red light. This is Boomers by Periscope.